Good morning, everybody. Hear the word of the Lord from Exodus 20:15. Do not steal. <clears throat> Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 24, 1 through 2. The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants, belong to the Lord. For he laid its foundation on the seas and established it on the rivers. Hear the word of the Lord from Ephesians 4:28. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. This is the word of the Lord. have a little cold, so, you know, got to be ready. All right, good to see everybody this morning. Before we dig in, I just want to say um, I like y'all. I'm just, I'm thankful for the Lord is, oh, that's just something to say, James, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you. Um, but I, I, the Lord's just doing some cool stuff. I, I just, as a, as your pastor, I just get the privilege of just hearing just the different stuff the Lord is doing. In, in people's lives, and it's just some, sometimes it's hard. It's not like it's all roses and stuff, but even in the hard stuff, uh, people are seeing God's grace, uh, God's spirit at work in their lives, and and I've just been praying and thinking to the Lord. I'm like, man, I want I want more people to get on get in on this, and I'm I'm trying to have some, you know, some honest self reflection. I'm like, Lord, is it because I just want a bigger church? And, and, and I, don't think, I don't think that's it. I just think that the Lord is doing something special in you, in y'all, in, y'all, in y'all's lives. And, and every week I get to talk with people who don't have hope, who are sad, who are in darkness. And, I, and when I'm talking to folks who are far from the Lord, I'm thinking, man, I want you to get in on this. Like there's, there's, some, there's something good, there's joy and there's peace and there's love and the Holy Spirit and I want you to get in on this and I, and I want us to have that posture that we want people to get in on the kingdom, that there's something cool going on, there's something beautiful and something that is not simply explainable by, by, by human observation but, but that, that God is doing work in people's hearts and, and binding people together and burdens are getting shared. I'm just like, man, I want more people to get that. I want people to experience family in the Lord. And so that's my encouragement to y'all. I'm sure there's people in your life that might be in darkness, that might be burdened, that might feel down. And I think there's something here that we could offer. And so let's be diligent to pursue those around us who don't know the Lord or who are, um, who are broken. I, I want our church to be a hospital for people who are broken. Yeah, we, don't, we, we ain't trying to play like we perfect. We ain't trying to play like we got everything together. But we know the Lord. And he has brought healing and hope to us. All right, that's sermon one. It's out the way. All right, so we are obviously talking about the command, do not steal. Do not steal. And uh, what's interesting is I feel like we live in a stingy world sometimes. As a matter of fact, I, I was stingy. I don't know about you. Sometimes I feel stingy. I, there's this, I remember back, um, back in the day when we had uh, portable CD players. That was a thing, okay? And, it, and I don't even know how you could jog with it because you, you would shake it, and it would skip, and you'd feel out, man, you know. So I remember, you know, I'm on, I'm on the bus. I'm in middle school listening to my music. Don't ask me what I was listening to. 
All right, G unit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> some people know that. So I was listening to my music, and they'd be like, yo, can I borrow that? I'd be like, no, it's mine. Back up from me. Hey, man, listen, I, I had to work hard to get that bird G unit CD, okay? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, the reality is this, man. We, we live in a world that is not prone to generosity, yeah? Sometimes it feels like a dog eat, what is that phrase? Dog eat dog. I was like, that felt redundant. Okay. Dog eat dog. <laughs> and cats. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but God calls his people not only to not steal. That's, that's the bottom line. He, he calls his people to generous sharing. Okay. He doesn't only call us to not steal, though he does that. So if you're stealing, stop. Okay. <laughs> But he doesn't simply call us to not steal. He calls us to generous sharing. So let's ask for his help in this. Lord, we ask you, would you please open up your word so that we would understand it? And that you would work in our heart by the spirit that, that even before we hear what you're going to say, we have a posture of, I want to do it. I want to obey. Lord, help me to obey. Help us to obey you. Because in that is life and peace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to break out. So what is the full understanding of the command, do not steal? All right, Exodus 2015. One of the shortest verses in the Bible, apparently, do not steal. It's very unambiguous. But when we get into the deeper meaning, what, what does it mean? So y'all know I like catechisms. It's those question and answers that explain Christian doctrine. From Luther's, Martin Luther's shorter catechism, this is how he explains it. He says, we should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. Okay, I'm going to read it one more time. It says, we don't take our neighbor's money or possessions. You're like, okay, I got that one. We don't get money and possessions in any dishonest way, but instead we help our neighbor to improve and protect his possessions and income. Okay, so, so first things first, do not take things that do not belong to you. That's a lesson that we got to learn really early, yeah? How much uh, conversation is that? Don't take that from him. Give that back to your brother. That's not yours. We have to learn that from a young age. And and it, what's interesting is that the first explicit command against stealing, so in, in Exodus 20, you have the general commands, and as Moses begins to explain, he starts like extrapolating, giving different case studies. So if you're in this, if you're in this situation, this is how this command applies. So the first uh, situation in which the command applies is that it explicitly forbids kidnapping. That's the first thing. You can't steal people. All right. Okay. All right. Old school South. You can't steal people, number one. The theologian Peter Lyhart, he says, we can steal another person by enslaving him, unjustly imprisoning him, coercing his productivity, manipulating an employee to accept lower than reasonable pay. And all those things will be classified under stealing. See, this command is about honoring those around you. Remember what Jesus said, how, how he summarized the commands? He says, says the, 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 the summary of the commands is that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that you would love your neighbor as yourself. 
So how we treat our possessions and other people's possessions and our own bodily autonomy, how we treat them is that, that we would want them, that we want to be, them to be treated as we want to be treated. Even this, look, look, Jesus says that we even ought to love your enemies. And here's what I want you to know. He didn't just make that up in the New Testament. This is from Exodus 23. Remember, I said Moses has, has explicit case studies. This is Exodus 23, 4. It says, if you come across your enemies, stray ox or donkey, you must return it to him. So that's not, Jesus didn't just come up with love your enemies. That's in the Old Testament. So I'm not talking about your friend or your best friend or somebody you don't know. If your enemy has something that is lost, you must return it to him. Verse 5, if you see the donkey of someone who hates you lying helpless under its load and you want to refrain from helping it, you must help with it. All right, so Jesus ain't making that up. Jesus didn't just off the cuff love your enemies. No, no, it's in the Old Testament law explicitly. And that love isn't just a, an opinion or a mind game. Like, it actually put it into practice. All right? Now, I don't know about how many of y'all got donkeys, so you're going to have to think about how to apply that today, right? If you see your enemy getting swindled, warn him. Yeah? Yeah, so it's not just somebody you like, and not just your brother and your family, even your enemy. So he makes it very clear. Don't take what doesn't belong to you. But more than that is that we don't get profit through dishonesty. In other words, we don't make unfair deals that hurt others. You know, you hear that warning when you're about to sign something. They're like, did you read the fine print? Did you read the fine print? Why they ask you if you read the fine print? Because they might slip something in on you. Right? And they'll go, well, it's fair. It was in the contract. But didn't you read it? And you're like, that's a lot of fine print, man. <laughs> The, the, the reality is, I think that the Bible would describe that as a type of theft. That, that when, when, when you, you, you kind of cut corners or, or, or you're dishonest or maybe you're lose, using sophisticated language that somebody doesn't understand on purpose in order to get something, that, that is in the category of theft. Or how about this, that, that we do not seek payment for something that we did not do. In other words, we ought to be honest workers. Can I, can I confess to something, y'all? So when I used to work at a bank, I was a teller. Sometimes there's not a lot to do. And so I learned a lot on Wikipedia, y'all. I just be searching stuff. I'm like, I, and it was good. I, mean, I like history. You know, I'm a dork. I got conv- I'm stealing. <laughs> I'm getting paid for not doing what I'm supposed to do. Getting money for something that I didn't do or didn't do well. That's theft. You know, when I look at our own community, and I see two things that, that kind of really highlight some theft and dishonesty to me. One is, is how, uh, how sometimes gentrification and displacement work. So when you see those signs that says, so-and-so buys houses cash, okay, they are giving people less than what they deserve. If they, had not, if they would not have gone through, if they go through a realtor and they, and they go through all those processes, but the reality is some people don't know, right? And so they're using people's ignorance as a way to swindle them. That's theft, okay? That's theft. Or how about this? Have you, you ever seen Title Max? You seen them places? What, just go in there and look at the interest rate. 100%. This is crazy stuff, crazy stuff. And they're preying on people who don't have options. They, 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 maybe they, they don't have the, the credit to, to go to the bank. 
They're preying on folks. That's theft. That's theft. See, many seek to prey on the needy. And that, that's a, maybe a call, a white-collar crime, but it's a crime nonetheless. And they would justify it by saying that it's not technically stealing. It's not ten, no, no, no. But it's surely not fair and loving. Yeah? We ought to love our neighbors, and Jesus would say, even love our enemies. So you can't say, well, they made all these bad decisions, so they deserve it. No, that's not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is we help people. And, beloved, for some of those who might understand some of the complexities of economics and some ways people are swindled, it is up to us to warn people and to help them if they can't find help other places. We must speak on that. You know, Martin Luther says it's not only that you don't steal, not only that you don't get it honestly, but that you help others protect their income. See, the, the heart of doing Good. The heart of not stealing is valuing the welfare of your neighbor. You protect your neighbor's stuff. You protect your neighbor's things. And if you can help them get more money, you help them. That's just that's that's what it's talking about. So so it's not simply not stealing, but it's thinking honestly and creatively about how to help others improve their lot. Yeah. So, 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 so listen, if we got some extra brain space and we got some, some expertise, a way to fulfill this commandment is going, okay, okay, maybe I understand how to do my finances, but who doesn't? How can I help them? Maybe they're making some unwise financial decisions, and they might be unwise or they might not know. You don't know unless you talk to them. How can I help him, her, improve his income? Because that is the heart of what the commandment is saying. When we get to this other verse in, in Psalm 24, uh, it, it, it goes to this point that we handle income and possessions in a God-honoring way because God owns all of it anyway. Psalm 24, the earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to the Lord. Is anything missing? The earth and everything in it, the world, and is, is, there any, is anything that just belongs to you? No, no. You don't belong to you. Your money don't belong to you. Your house don't belong to you. What's in your wallet don't belong to you. It's all on loan from God. See, God is the creator. Therefore, he owns everything. You know, you ever seen like a, like a word and it has this little TM, a little small TM on the end, trademark? What he's saying is, say, I made this. I made this concept. I made this phrase. I made this word. I made this product. Therefore, you ought to give me props. When you use it, everything you own has the TM of God on it. Every single thing, everything that you own, everything that you have, it has the TM of God on it because he owns it and he created it. Therefore, you can't just use it any way that you want to use it because it belongs to him. Not only is he the creator, God is the present tense sustainer of everything. In Hebrews 1, it says that, that the Lord Jesus made everything and that he upholds it, present tense, present tense. The reason that your seat works right now as you're listening to me is because Jesus Christ is upholding it. 
The reason that you don't just fall over is because Jesus Christ holds the atoms and all the things that connect you together, present tense. Because he sustains it right now, he deserves constant praise and constant honor. Everything that we have is on loan from the Lord. Therefore, it matters the way we use it. Have you ever had somebody borrow something from you and then trash it? I have. I mean, listen, I was trying to be nice to a guy. I loaned him my weed eater. He was trying to start a business. I loaned him my weed eater. And then, then he stopped calling me. <laughs> For a while, I wonder, I, I need to keep eating my grass. I wonder where he at. I called him. I was like, hey, fam. I was trying to be all nice. Hey, brother. You got my weed. He got mad at me. What you, what you mean? Like, bro, you got my weed eater, fam. Like, why are you getting mad at me? Like, you better get my stuff back. You know, like, like, how, and, like, he ain't know how to work it. He put the wrong kind of liquid in there and he jacked up my weed eater. Listen, I felt an extra special kind of frustration. I was like, I was trying to be nice to you and you'd have messed up my stuff. But when we don't treat our money and our possessions in the way that God honors, we're doing the exact same thing. See, the Lord, he gives us instructions on how to use what he lends. And our generous God wants us to be generous with what we have in order to serve others. Ephesians 4.18, it says, let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. Here's the point of this. The opposite of theft is generosity. The opposite of theft is not non-theft. You hear me? The opposite of theft is that you don't, the, the opposite of theft biblically is generosity. So the, the bar is not non-theft. That's not what, he says, listen, listen, if you were a thief, the way to show that you have grown is that you work hard so that you got something to share. See, we often think that the opposite of a vice or a sin is simply not doing the vice or the sin. But in reality, the opposite of a vice is a virtue. The opposite of sin is holiness, not neutralness. I think one of the reasons that we think holiness is boring sometimes is because we only see it as not doing something. But in reality, Jesus is trading out one set of actions for another. See, we don't simply stop being mean to people, but we seek to do good. We don't simply not waste our time, but we seek to honor it by serving God and our neighbor. This is what, what Paul says in Colossians 3. He says, but you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. You jump down to verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. The reality is that holiness is not just saying no to something, it's saying yes to something that's better. And, and your spiritual life would be a lot less boring if you woke up in the morning and said, what can I put on today? What trait can I put, what good can I do? What service can I do? It's not just avoiding something, but it's pursuing something. It's pursuing Christ-likeness. And you would look at all the things in your life and say, how can I pursue Christ-likeness in this? 
are in that? How can I pursue Christ-likeness as a parent? How can I pursue Christ-likeness as an employee? How can I put on something, not just take something off? So to truly honor the commandment to put off theft means that we must put on generosity. We, we work hard not simply to provide for ourselves, but so that we might have something to share with others. Now, I don't, know, I don't know much about this thief that Paul has in mind. The thief must no longer steal. But listen, usually you steal because you ain't got stuff, right? Usually. Sometimes you steal just because you klepto. But some, usually you steal because you feel like you don't got what you need. And so he's saying, listen, needy person. The goal for your life and your finances is that you would have enough money not just to make it, but that you would have the posture of sharing. That that is the success. That is the holiness. That is the virtue instead of the vice. So let's make it plain. How then do we put on generosity? How can we do it? What are the tangible things that we could do. So in our mission statement, we have that, that last, preach the gospel, produce disciples, pursue justice. And, I, and I, I've had to explain over the years, what does it mean to pursue justice? And so I've, I've made some sub points. So let's, let's look at this through the lens of helping others economically. So we pursue justice through four things, through service, through our vocation, through advocacy, and through institution. I'll say it one more time. Service, vocation, advocacy, institution. The first thing is service. It's just, it's just, listen, wisely giving to someone in need. That's just real tangible. It's not hard. Listen, listen, and I'll just say this. Let's just keep it 100. It's wiser to give goods or services than cash. Let's just be real. All right? Let's be prudent. But if you got it and somebody needs it, help them. I, I, I like to, to brag on my wife. So my wife bought a whole extra freezer. I'm like, why do we, we already have a refrigerator. Why do we have a whole extra freezer? She just has meals stocked up there. And people come to the house, and she finds out they're hungry, and they leave with a bag of food. <laughs> she, she, has, she has structured her life, has structured what she can do. That's the trade that she can do. And she says, I'm going to do this generously, not just so that me and my family can eat, but so that if somebody comes around who's hungry, I'm going to help them. How do we serve? Look, some of you have a lot of wisdom in the area of finances. And a very concrete way that you could help someone struggling, who's struggling financially is teaching them budgeting. I'm going to just keep it real with y'all. If y'all got, if y'all need help with finances, it's probably not me, okay? <laughs> we all have our gifts, okay? I mean, I pay my bills and stuff. Don't worry. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's just probably not me. Uh, but I would tell you who it probably is, the body Shanice. <laughs> That's probably who it is. That's who I call. All right? And they're generous. If you have some expertise, a very clear way to help is just going and speaking with somebody. All right, so talk about service, vocation. So listen, we expressly serve those whom we have responsibility for by living out our vocation. So what are our vocations? It's the roles and responsibilities that we have. Some of them we are, we're given. Some of them we choose. All right? So for me... How do I live out my vocations? It means that for me, I need to work hard for my family, okay? That, that's how, that, what do I do, what do I do with my money is that I provide for my family. It, it, what, it, what it means for my wife is that she, she is wise in budgeting and in cooking meals, all right? Look, she got a whole business set up, man. She be cooking extra and selling some on the side. Listen, 
it means that you, you're wise, that you provide for those whom the Lord has put in your sphere of influence, in your, in your care. If, it's, if you're a student, it means that look like, it looks like that you're studying so, because they're going to be those who rely on you later, right? So you prepare now for the roles and responsibilities that you will have. If, if you're single, it looks like not only allocating money for yourself, but thinking strategically how to be generous to those around you. All right, those, that one of the roles and responsibilities we have is friend. We should help those around us. All right, so that's just doing what we, what we ought to do, doing, uh, uh, being faithful in the relationships that the Lord has given us where we have responsibility. The third one is advocacy. Listen, if you see someone being treated unjustly economically, speak about it. That's the example from the prophets. We studied the book of Amos a couple years ago. Half of the book of Amos is him calling out people saying, you be stealing from the poor. If you see something, if you see something on an individual level, if you see something on a systemic level where people are being taken advantage of, it is your responsibility to say something about it. And the Lord might use what you say to help set somebody free. And the last one is institution. There's, there are some problems that are very complex. So there are, there are some times when we need to build and or support organizations or ministries that seek to help the needy. I'm going to explain this, all right? One of my heroes in the faith, his name is Charles Spurgeon, all right? He was in the 1800s. He was a, he was a pastor. Listen, Charles Spurgeon started 66 ministries, which included an orphanage, a ministerial college, subsidized housing for poor widows, a clothing bank, a ministry to prostitutes, several street missions, and a host of children's ministries. Now, he also had like 5,000 people in his church, okay? So there's that. But the reality is this. He used what he had to build organizations and ministries to systematically serve those in need. You know, I, I, I study, like, how did he do this? What it, one of the interesting things is the majority of these ideas he didn't come up with. Somebody in his congregation had a particular burden for a particular kind of problem or a particular kind of people, and they brought it to him, and he said, all right, let's see how to do it. I want to say to you, if you have a burden for a particular group of people or a particular problem, and you have some idea, bring it up. Because we want to be about serving Jesus. We want to do what, however we can do it. That's how we want to be. That's why, uh, why, why do we serve our local schools? It's this idea of there's an institution down the street that serves our community that has less resources than any other high school in the whole county. That's just facts. So how can we help? Well, we can show up and serve where we can. We can build relationships. We can talk to you, the administrators, and see how can we help you. That's why we're partnering with Homes of Hope to build affordable housing on that land. Listen, we don't got a lot, but what we got, we're going to use it for the Lord. That's why the, this yard sale that's happening, we're, we're going to give the way the, the proceeds to, to PMAC. Because, listen, we want to be zealous about good works. And sometimes there are problems too hard to address by ourselves, but we got to work together to figure out how we are going to help people. You know, the, the reality is this. People can tell the sincerity of our gospel proclamation by how we serve. If we are not serving, but we are talking about how Christ loves and serves others, we are given a duplicitous message 
We are, we, we are not modeling what we say we're modeling. So, so, so my, my, my ask of you, of each individually analyze, what, what am I doing to put some feet to the message that I say I believe? And if you need some help to figure it out, you come talk to me, I'll give you something to do. <laughs> Hopefully you'll like it. <laughs> we got some stuff to do, y'all. This is modeled, this is modeled off of the generosity of Christ. 2 Corinthians 8 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. Jesus obviously never stole, but his whole life, his whole mission, his whole work is one of extravagant generosity. The fact that the one who created all things, who had no need whatsoever, came down and limited himself to be born as a baby. That's some generosity. Or the fact that the sovereign God chose to be born and raised in a working class family. That's some generosity. Or the fact that in Jesus' ministry, he demonstrated over and over again a preference to be with the poor and the outcast. That's some generosity. Or the fact that, that when all is said and done, after he lived his perfect life, that he got up on a cross and died because of our sins, not his own. He paid what we could not pay. That's generosity. The fact that, that he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven. And I want you to see his ascension into, into heaven as, as him standing on the platform of victory. And he's getting rewarded for that victory, for his defeat of sin and death and Satan. And all that stuff he gets, he shares with us. We got forgiveness of sins. Why? Because of him. We got the hope of eternal life. Why? Because of him. We know that when we, when we die, we're going to get up. Why? Because of him. All, of, all that he did was this posture of generosity so that we would have life. And he is our example. So let's follow him. So, beloved, I, I, I'm going to call you to, to, to share generously, share generously through giving. Giving regularly to the church, that's a means of declaring that your money belongs to the Lord. Yeah? In other words, put your money where your mouth is, yeah? You know, it, it shows, like if you say, I'm going to regularly give a portion of what I receive through my work to the ministry of the church, it shows that you understand that everything that you own is a gift from the Lord. All right, not only this, it serves and helps the pastors and leaders of our church with the ability to care for the flock and reach those who are far from Jesus. I want you to understand, I, I get to go into some interesting places to talk about Jesus. I, I get to go into to homes, I get to go into schools, and I get to, to counsel people, but the reality is this, I would be able to do none of that if our church wasn't generous. And so you might go, well, I, well I'm not there, but listen, listen, I feel like you're there. <laughs> I feel like you're there when we're serving and loving and caring for people. The fact that, that, that you can be generous for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. It's an extension of the ministry. And beloved, it enables the church to serve the community well. You know, we, we use this gym for a lot of stuff. A lot of people use the gym. I don't even know what all it's used for, actually. It's used for a lot of stuff. But guess what? We're going to have to get a new HVAC soon. <laughs> 
all right? Now, we can go, well, it doesn't matter, but no, we, but we use it to help people. We use it to serve people. And our ability to do that is based upon the generosity of the church. And if we, don't, if we are not a generous church, then we cannot serve the people that the Lord has put in front of us. So, so, so for, for, for you to demonstrate that you understand that your money is God's, for, for you to say, I want to contribute to the ministry, for you to say, I want to serve the needy, that is a very tangible way. Regular sacrificial giving. Listen, we give to the needy as a means of imitating Jesus. His whole life was that. So this other opportunity to give through the rent fund. We, I, I hear all, all the newspapers are talking about this problem of displacement. We can actually do something about it. Now, we can't solve the whole problem, but doggone it, we can use what we got. And we can figure it out. So let's be about imitating our generous Savior, who though he was rich became poor, that through his poverty we might become spiritually rich. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. You are kind to us. You love us so much, and you have graciously provided everything that we need. Even before Christ died on the cross, Father, you gave us life. You gave us the ability to enjoy your creation. You gave us the gift of family and friends. The, the, if we were to list out all the things that you gave us, it would take eternity to do it. You were abundantly generous for, with us. And thank you, Lord, for the generosity of Christ Jesus. God, he, he loved us, and he loved us to the end. And we thank you that you've given us the spirit of the living God. That the generosity that we observe in creation, the generosity that we observe in our Savior, Jesus Christ, we can model. So give us the strength and the grace, the boldness and the risk to be able to model the generosity of Christ Jesus. 